think we're live now. But either way, always be here to team support. Uh, we got, we're getting some some audio over there. <laughs> but we're gonna have a live broadcast nonetheless. You got it over there, Keith. Because I got it on YouTube and we actually it doesn't matter. We do we're gonna roll. I got a black uh, black screen on this one. we look pretty good on YouTube, so I guess we're gonna roll anyways. We got Facebook guys, are you guys picking up Facebook? Oh, so you might need to just read. You are live. I'm on Facebook. But either way, here we are. Welcome doing, to Voting Tips Live. Doing our monthly <laughs> Voting Tips Live pro- broadcast from the helm here at Marie Max Team Support. This is where all the magic happens, right here. And we're happy to talk about everything going on. Of course, I'm Nick Pavlakis from St. Pete. Captain Keith Clearwater. Captain Keith. And one of the cool things about being a team support is there is an encyclopedia of big time players in the voting world. And of course, we ran into one today. We got Raul Bermudez here with Marine Max Vacations. And we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, especially going to Miami Boat Show. So we've got a little guest here joining us and a surprise guest, but we couldn't have picked one better. Raul's actually been on Boating Tips Live before, so so he knows the drill, of course. This show doesn't work without the questions from the viewers. That's right. Any questions come in about Aquila, Marine Max Vacations, Miami Boat Show, boating in general, our favorite food. No matter what it is, go ahead, shoot off, and we're going to get to all those questions today. So, that being said, Keith, long time no see. Long time no see, man. And Raul, fancy running to you here. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, right? Last time we did this was in December. So, (laughs) haven't seen you guys in a while. It's been a while. Yeah. So, uh, look at you all nice and tan and everything. So, I was (laughs) following along on Facebook, Marine Max Vacations, and uh, you guys just had a 10 year anniversary. We did. It's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I was out with you guys last week celebrating uh, with all of our team members down there, some of the uh, partners, you know, because it's not just us. It takes a lot of partnerships, you know, whether it's the transfer company, the taxi company, the provisioning store. So we had all of them come and had a little celebration, gave a speech. It is on uh, Facebook, so if you want to get a little clip, it's about a 30-minute video. Uh, of the presentation, oh, cool. put together a whole. Yeah, well, the, one of the local TV channels was there and filmed the whole thing in the nice. TV. I just, I, it's about thirty-seven minutes. It's JTV fifty-five, channel fifty-five. So if you want to look at it, it's about thirty-seven minutes long. But it was great. The uh, couple of the politicians were there, or attorneys that got us started ten years ago, and then we also celebrated. We have one team member that's been with us the entire time, all ten years, and uh, she runs her uh, cleaning department. And uh, she's amazing. She's pretty cool. So it was fun to see the team. Uh, we happen to have a 55, a 54 there on location. So people got to see that too. So it was a great time. And then, of course, when you're the BBIs, you got to get out a little bit. So we got out right. and visited some of the sites. And uh, some of the new ones that just opened up, like the Veteran Yacht Club, was amazing. Scrub Island was amazing. It spent a little bit of time on the north side. Some of the things I was looking to watch some of the videos and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of them, like, there's no crowds. There's none. I mean, a lot of places like you guys were coming in there. It was kind of like you said, brand new, but like it was just pristine. Yeah, it was great. It's not too crowded. It, we're busy. I mean, if you look at the docks and the pictures, the uh, marketing person we had there was asking, so when are the boats going to be on the dock? And I'm like, hopefully never. Right. They need to be out yeah. chartering and exploring. But, uh, 
but you're right. It's, it wasn't super busy. It wasn't really uh, crowded. Um, you know, the protocols now are pretty easy to get in there. But yeah, it was. It was. You know, you get in there at the right time, and it's it's not bad. It's pretty good. And I also give people tips. Everybody does the basically you go around and circle all the you know the, all the islands you're island up, and and I always tell them either stop in one place a little bit longer so you're behind the crowds, right? Because they all follow, or do it backwards, and then you'll never hit. Right, you just yeah. cross, yeah. cross them in the past. Yeah, two ships in the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So what's uh you mentioned the protocols easing up a little bit. That's whenever we've had anybody from vacations hot topic of course over the past year or two is whether it's BVIs or Bahamas. Let's talk about the BVIs. What's that protocol look like? How much of a hassle is it to travel? They're easing up a little bit. And what does that look like for you, Raul, to come from the United States to go to BVIs? Yeah, so uh, I don't remember when they changed it. I think it was October, but they used to have a quarantine in place. Of course, not a lot of people wanted to go. And you could quarantine on the boat, and they had designated anchorages where you could do that. But they've taken that away. For fully vaccinated, right now, and again, it changes so often. So I'm always careful to say, hey, go check the government website yeah. for the latest um, restrictions. But if you're fully vaccinated, uh, you don't have to quarantine at all. You just have a negative test before you show up. That's the other thing. They used to make you do a test when you show up. Now you don't. Um, so a negative test before you go in, show your vaccination card. They do ask you for proof of insurance in case you do get COVID while you're there, you know, to pay for the hotel room. Um, but it was, it was fairly easy. Show the card, go in, and you're good to go, vacation, and do you have to physically take your paper card, or can you have a? You like can a, you can have a print screen print. of it. Yeah, a lot of well, most of my stuff was on my phone. Right, okay. They would scan it and look at it. Right. Um, same thing with negative tests. That's, I mean, negative tests came through my phone anyway. I was yeah, uh, but it's really easy. And then coming back out, same thing. Negative tests. You take two days before you find that's a U.S. requirement, and it's on fairly. I uh, actually flew in. And I took a ferry out, so it's similar protocols. Okay. Yeah, I know a lot of people are worried about it. I'm going to St. Lucia next month, and it's like talking about like the travel insurance and stuff like that. It's like, man, like you just never know nowadays. Yeah. And the good thing is, with our travel planners, our vacation planners, they can send you what the latest protocols are. That's cool. They can actually send you to a link to buy travel insurance, and the company already knows our program. And it's all based on the value of your reservation. So it's really easy, not expensive. And it's good to have. Because you know, the other thing be is look, uh, this week we had people cancel flights because of the weather up north. So right. it's a good thing to have when you're traveling that far. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how Marine Nice does it on all levels. And they do all the lead work for you, whether it's on the vacation side or retail. Um, we definitely see it all the time. But you had mentioned that you had a 54 there. How are those fifty fours chartering out on the retail side? Like what I'm mainly dealing. Clearly, they're an unprecedented, popular yacht, and a big side of that is our charter fleet. We knew they charter out well with the layout. Will be mastered why the forty four had so much success. How are you seeing those fifty fours charter out as far as how many people are going to be on there? Are they going to be going to the same places? Are they longer trips? Now that you guys can offer these larger boats. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, so the 54 was there, and uh, 
if you guys are new and don't know about marine maxifications, we have a whole charter operation down in the British Virgin Islands. We have uh, anywhere from 40 to 50 boats, depending on the time of year, and they rotate. New industry in the industry, we only keep the boats in the program about three years, so it's fantastic new fleet. The boats are spec'd out just like a retail once. In yeah. fact, while I was here last week, and two prospective buyers that went down there to charter to see how the boat handled, how they might live on it for a week before they make the decision to buy. Um, yeah. And then I also had a couple of our owners because all those boats are actually probably owned in the yeah. fleet. So if you're interested in that, go to marinemaxlocations.com and get more information on the ownership program. But, uh, yeah, so the boats are chartering all of the 44s and 54s. In spec was very similar to a retail boat, so it's not like it's lower specs. Um, layouts, the 44 are medical three cabins, three heads. We do the bigger engines, the 320s. We do the crane. Oh, really? You're doing 320s at charter boats now? Absolutely. I didn't know that. All the new ones are 320s. We have a couple of 260s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all the new ones are 320s, the crane, that system. An additional fuel tank for after you know, the oh, wow. program. So the there's yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we don't do radar and some of those other things. Like you don't need that because we don't let you operate at night. Uh, so yeah, otherwise it's pretty much the same boat. The 54 is boats of it's unbelievable so, so how well these boats are doing. And we also offer a program. So we have five, six of them down there now. <clears throat> Three of them are uh, bearable, okay. so if you're qualified, you have to have experience to take these boats out. And uh, we also have three that are fully crewed with a captain and a shop that actually live on the boat. That's their home. All inclusive. So on the ones that are crewed, we know that are they four streamer boats and charters? So they're five. So, so five. that's the one thing that's different. So is that five streamers for gas plus the captain? No, four for gas. And the one the crew quarters have same, okay. Same yeah, the boats it's not in the bow, it's not in the bow. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually put in that peak up there, but it's really for kids, right? Okay, or if you hire the boat as a bear boat, you want to have a captain, you can put the captain up there. Okay, as long as we're fair. Cool, <laughs> <laughs> we do have a question from Joe Portella from YouTube. How much is the cost for the HLF 545 as an owner? The owner Program. Yeah. So the best thing to call it, so good question on pricing. Pricing is a little bit different from retail boats for a number of reasons. One is we, we lock in buy a certain number of units from Kiva. You know, for the next two years, we're no longer going to buy to put into the vacations program. So in turn, they get the manufacturers of the engines and the uh, equipment, and they get a better price because they already know, hey, I have these five orders. And we commit to those ahead of time. The other reason it's a little bit different is the boat is going to be operating on shore. Certain taxes and import duties are not applicable to those boats. So it varies. It also depends on which program they buy into, whether it's a fixed payment, guaranteed payment from us, or if they take a risk and they carry all the expenses, but they get a big uh, portion of the revenue. But it's very simple. There are some savings to be put into the program. Just know the boat is going to be in Tortola, the British Virgin Islands. It's not in the back of your house. You got to fly there and get used to it. So it's hard to compare um, the value of the price of the boat. Having one here at home versus one in the Virgin Islands. As an owner, how often 
do they get to go down there and use their own bow or, or any boat? Or so, yeah, good question again. So it depends, again, on the program. If they do the guaranteed payment where we guarantee them a payment every single month, whether the charges or not, they have some limitations, two weeks in high season, two weeks in low season, and these are advanced reservations. So if they know they want to go New Year's for the next three years, book it now when you buy the boat. Um, under the revenue share program where they're carrying all the expenses, it's pretty much unlimited use as long as the boat is available. Just know that when you're using your boat, you're not producing revenue to offset your expenses. Right. So again, a lot of it is give me a call, go to maxvacations.com, go to the vacations uh, ownership page, send me an email, and I'm happy to share sample performance on both of those and how the program works. Yeah, maybe we can put that link here down below. I know you heard us talk about the man behind the curtain, but we got the lady behind the curtain. We got Lisa here now. So Lisa, you know what you want to come out show everybody? Oh. <laughs> you're, you're gonna recognize her. The lady behind the curtain. So she's gonna drop that link to to Marine Max Vacations and. Uh, it's a great vacation. I haven't done it. It's upscale. I made a couple of first timers too. Just having their trip. Uh, actually, I mean, I talked to them about their trip just to make sure we're delivering all the services to them. And the uh, there was a small family uh, repeater actually with three three young girls and a friend, so four little girls. And I asked them how's your trip, and they said this is the best vacation in the world. That's awesome. Those Want to go anywhere else? I want to get in, and they just want to go back to. And it reminded me, you know, my my kids are growing up for vacations, and yeah, you can offer them a ski vacation, Disney, you name it, and they're like, nope, let's go back to the guys because you spend really quality time with the family and the boat, and you're snorkeling, and it's just it's amazing. It's really truly a life changing event. And then the crew, yeah, oh my chefs! If, if you've never done it, so we call it crew yacht. I'm not sure where that term came from. Yeah. But it's really all inclusive. The meals this lady is preparing, they didn't want to get off the boat. I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it, right? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. All the food is included, drinks, just basically nothing to think about. And the other great thing about this cruise product is they know places where other people don't know about or they go to places where their boaters are not not allowed to. But uh, it's amazing. And they know the tricks, okay, what they should be to see Foxy because they're not saying it's crowded. So they change their terror is one more to do That's that that's crude. C R E W E D. That's it. Not crude. Hey speaking of student ownership and, and stuff like that that you can do down there in Yeah, so got Miami boat ship. Yes. And so both of you guys are there. So yeah. uh, what Tell us about that. Boats you can have there where you can be. Yeah. Dreams come true. We, we are. So we'll be after the usual. If you got a couple of cash, join us too. And it's the first time ever in history that literally every single Akila model is going to be at the show no. in one place at the same time. And the thing about the Akilas, the Power Cats, they get a lot of traction on YouTube, on social media. And they're cool, right? Yeah. Every single person tells me the same thing. When you step on one for, for the first time, they say, man, we didn't, it, the video's going to do it justice. And whether it's a 28 Molokai cat, 32, or 36, yeah. 44, 54, 
And even the only seven team in the world, it's all going to be at that show. And so really hop on boats, touch them, feel them, go into state rooms, talk to the guys and girls that eat, sleep, breathe tequila. There's not a better place. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what we have cooking for Miami and where to find us, why it's different than your run-of-the-mill boat show or just going into the showroom. Yeah, pretty excited. But it's exciting. We'll actually have representatives there from the manufacturer, which is always great. You get you know feedback from that directly. Um, yeah, so the whole lineup there, the agency will be there, the Aquila team will be there, the experts with the Aquila sales group. Um, come say hello to me or Nick. Um, but yeah, we'll have the whole lineup here to be at one Herald Plaza. So the Miami show is straight. It is not in Key Biscayne anymore, so make sure you look where we're going to be. So it's one Herald Plaza. It's a little bit south of the Venetian Causeway, uh, and we're going to be at, at a ramp B, as in boy, uh, or burrito. <laughs> or boat. <laughs> So, yeah, come check it out. We'll be there. Oh, also, the, the dates have changed. We used to go to Columbus and seven that is on Monday, whatever Memorial Day, one of those. It used to be Valentine's Day. Yeah, so it's the yeah. day after Valentine's So, this is going to be where you're going to be home for Valentine's in the last 20 years. It starts on Wednesday and it goes through Sunday. It used to be Thursday to Monday. But um, So, again, go, go to the website, my Andrew Bush, and find it. Or, Marie Max, Marie Max left a lot of information around the man, and all the other brands represent. And we're not, and we're not getting into details, but there, there may be a special announcement happening. Maybe, maybe, but you'll have to come to the show to find out. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's 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 a pretty big uh, announcement. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm one of those. I see it's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. We all know that before Fort Lauderdale in Miami, it's hectic for all of us. There's a lot of moving parts. It's a logistical dance to make this happen on all sides, and it's all worth it in the end. And it's going to be a heck of a display, a heck of a show for everybody. If you haven't made it, try to make it a yeah. but I think it's going to be a zoo. Um, but yeah, try to make an appointment if you want to take some time to look at the boats and email your sales rep or just go to marketmax.com and say you want to make an appointment to look at the boats. It's going to be pretty busy. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, but busy. Ready to rock. There you go. <laughs> dreams come true. Yeah, every, every single day. Change lives. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome, Raul. Well, we appreciate you. Taking the time out of your day, stopping by, Absolutely. making this happen. Yeah. Wasn't planned by the by the way, guys. This was all shooting from the head. So not <laughs> teaching well by the door. Next month and see if we can crap. One thing about being over teaching. Yeah, last time I said more than Oh, happy to Looking forward to uh, the show. Thank you for the call out for uh, vacations and uh, yeah.
questions here coming in and we're going to get to all those questions really quick before Keith and I kind of bounce some questions off of each other. Keep in mind, this is an open forum. Yep. Anything goes. So, center ourselves on the screen. <laughs> I don't know, Lisa, you want to start going through the questions? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have YouTube up or you want me to? I have YouTube up. We have a really good question here from Michael Stubbs. Two-part question, which was actually answered. So we've got Michael Stubbs. How long should out drives be left in the water wet slip? Then he comes in to say freshwater lake. So that makes a big difference. So huge. I mean, I, I don't really have the freshwater. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it in salt water for even any time at all, really. After you've done the boat. I mean, I've, even if you bottom paint the boat. No, I mean, you're still you're yeah. still going to get barnacles and growth up on the inside, bellows so can dry out, crack it. You know, fresh water. I'm not, I'm not certain about it. I don't think that's an issue. But salt water, man. If you can do anything, I mean, high and dry yeah. on a lift, something on a trailer, especially in Florida. Yeah, down here, I mean, we really try to push you away from that. Um, when I, I moved down here in '76, my folks came from Indiana, right? And, my dad didn't listen to people's advice. You know, we had a <laughs> we had a well crafted twenty with a mercury return drive, and we painted it. I don't even think he wanted to talk. Oh, we'll just run it every other day or whatever. You know, like, so that lasted, you know, not even a year. We traded it out and got the outboard version. He's been outboards ever since. But uh, you know, return drive stuff. You know, fresher salt water. You know, you got to keep it out of the water. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. We got another good one here. I'll take this question. We've got Kevin B on YouTube. Any plans that you know of that Honda will enter the high horsepower outboard market, 350 horsepower plus? Seems everyone but Honda is making big outboards for large center consoles. Thank you. That's a great point, Kevin. And Keith and I have talked about it before. Just the intense and fast moving horsepower rates of the voting industry. I remember when Yamaha came out with the B three fifty. It was like, oh man, you've got a B eight Chevy flipped up on its side there, and it was like, then Mercury came out with it, and then you had Marine Seven after the game with their massive engine. What was it six twenty seven? They're no longer around. Suzuki came in three fifty. Merc jumps up to four hundred in the L six. Yamaha comes back with the XTO four twenty five, which I have a lot of great things about. And then, of course, like Keith, you remember the day when a thirty foot center console was? I mean, that was it. And now it's on, on almost every major high performance center console or sport or fishing manufacturer is going to have some sort of flagship and a forty or even fifty foot class lineup. So how do you push your boats through the water you're talking outboard power? Well, you put five, six outboards on the back of them. It's a lot of lower units. That's a lot of moving pieces. That's a that's a lot of engines. A lot of 100 hours. Yeah. And you can either do that or you have these manufacturers come along and say, okay, we're going to come out with these big engines to push these big center consoles, heavy boot. And, of course, Suzuki 350, that's a dual prop engine. Yamaha XTO, massive 
propeller, a lot of displacement, a lot of innovation in that engine and a 425 horsepower. Then you have Mercury come up there and they kind of go two routes, right? You see they come out with a 450R V8 supercharged engine. That's a go-fast engine. Then you've got the 600 that comes out last year, and that is a pure big boat engine. You now come from having to put four or five outwards on the back of these boats where you've got 47-foot intrepids. You've got the, these massive whalers. you got a 420 outrage. You're putting three outwards on the back of this boat, which three versus four. You only have three engines. They're big boat engines, two-speed transmissions, a hood on top of them, and, of course, the dual props like we talked about before. And you look at the performance stats, even quad 450Rs on a 420-hour age, Versus triple 600 Mercury's, that 600 is going to jump right out of the hole. And that's and that's exactly what those engines were made to do. So to answer your question, hey, when is Honda going to enter that market? Okay. Mercury and Yamaha have made up so much market share, and they are moving so fast. And it just makes me say, hey, what is next? Okay. What reveal is going to be at a road show? I don't even see anybody catching them at this point. I mean, at this point, I think that the next thing, which is going to be years, maybe decades down the road, might even be some sort of alternative energy source. But hey, I don't know. But as far as these, as far as this big horsepower race, to get back to your question, when's Honda getting into it? Man, if I if I was in the industry right now, or well, maybe in the industry, if I was in manufacturing, I would not want to be chasing Mercury Yamaha. They are moving at lightning speeds. They're doing it very well, and they, and they are really satisfying the market. Yeah, the tires are up. Awesome question. And uh, wouldn't it be cool to be an engineer for Mercury at Lake X? I know. I want to go to Lake X. Hey, like what they're, yeah. they're running around out there on LA right now. That's not no, we don't even out for five years, maybe, right? That's already in, in development and testing and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but maybe. Maybe Honda comes in with some awesome 500 horsepower engine. But I don't see him really taking down Mercury Yamaha right now. I have a follow-up Mercury question yeah. on Facebook from Greg Clark. Okay. I have a question in reference to changing my Mercury gauges. If I have them here, will they keep track of my previous hours? Is this so? Is this a Yamaha question or Mercury? Mercury, Mercury. Mercury. Yeah. Mercury yeah. gauges. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they will. Because all it's doing is the gauge is reading the computer module that's on your engine so yeah you can swap out gauges and and, and that and it's just still going to read what's coming off the, the engine so yes it's a good question so crucial quarterback here on youtube i have a small 18 foot jet sport boot i'm looking for something to make it ride a little smoother what do you think about the shock type trim tabs any suggestions I use trim tabs every time I get up on plane. On plane. Keith did I had an awesome video here explaining trim tabs. 18-foot boat though, do you think that's something you would normally see on an 18-footer? Not a lot, but I have seen them. Yeah, and they're just I've seen them on 19SDX. You know, the shop yeah. whatever he's talking about, they're just like the, the spring-loaded or compression test, you know. Like, oh, so, so they're not on they're the kind of, they're kind of, I don't think so. I yeah. think the ones are talking about, so then as you get up on the plane and you're running, and the water pressure, the pressure of the boat running the water is going to start lifting as well. What I would imagine is talking about. So you think that that did not only make it ride smoother, it could also level out? Probably. Yeah, I think uh, you know, people used to add those dual, dual fins or dolphins or whatever yeah. to 
you know, to give yourself a little bit of lift and stuff like that at lower RPMs and speeds. So, yeah, yeah just depending on the boat. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen them. Cool. Good, good question. Keep those questions coming, guys. And by the way, if for whatever reason we don't get to all the questions, we will get to them in the following episode. So that's what we're going to do here. A question that came in from the last episode on Facebook. Don't know who it came from. Hopefully you're watching. Would you recommend a fixed DHF radio or a handle for use in the Tampa Bay and near shore island? A handheld would definitely I think it's important, but you're definitely you're gonna have a more powerful Yeah. I mean you know, you're, you're talking twenty five watt versus fifty watt yeah. or five watt. Um you know, if, if your boat's got room for it, and if you're going to venture more than, say, five, six miles offshore, um, you know, if you can, if you've got the room for it, you can put a fixed mount in there with an eight foot antenna or a taller antenna. You know, it's going to increase your range. You got more power. Um, you can do it. But, you know, cell phones now, the, the range, the coverage is, is pretty darn good. I mean, you know, years ago, there was dead spots, you know, in the middle. Think about it, your cell towers are set up along the coast where they are. They're not shooting outshore into the Gulf or outshore of the Atlantic. So, you know, they're, they're land-based. So, you know, around here, it's probably something range probably eight, nine miles offshore. Yeah. You know how you've been offshore all day and you're coming back in and all of a sudden you get your phone on. You might be able to get text. You start, getting, you start getting all your, right, you start getting all your texts and messages and stuff like that. Um, but, but up and down the end of the coastal, Really near shore in the bay, so they got a handheld VHF is going to definitely suffice. Yeah. So, and, and, what, and what was that brand that you recommended? Was it Icon? Icon, is yeah. What I have. Yeah, that's that's the ones we have at the marina too. Keith did a great episode on that when uh, right before the Christmas season on some cool gifts, and that still is a cool gift. Valentine's yeah. Day, come on, you need to get that boater in your family at beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How romantic. I might save your life or not. Yeah. It's, yeah. Whatever you get, make sure it's waterproof, it's submersible. Um, the ICOMs, I know they've got a little feature, they'll vibrate and shake, get the water out of the speaker so nothing's going Oh, like, like an Apple Watch? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So let's get to some uh, segment questions here. Keith, looks like. We had a question on the text line from Noah Luke from Tampa saying, inboard versus outboard engine, let's go over to pros and cons really quick. We're mainly dealing with ground boards. Nowadays, I mean, that's probably changed a lot. I mean, 10 years ago, you probably saw a lot more small boats with inboards. Yeah, but, you know, you got the, the Nautiques, the wakeboard boats, yeah. and, and all that stuff were all, you know, inboards and they're, they're beefed up now to handle the salt. So you got the saltwater versions of those. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of clients that have those that you, know, you see them on Tampa Bay, up down the intercoastal, um, you know, out there wakeboarding and surfing and, you know, like Brett McGill and Bill McGill and, you know, all of them love to do with those wakeboard boats. Um, but t- typically, so you got that kind of aspect of it. Around here, the IOs are, you know, not so much. Uh, Kind of a dying off breed, yeah. But if you're out on that, look at the Ozarks or whatever freshwater boats that I got, you know, why not? You're still, still the maintenance wise on the outboard is so much easier to deal with and cheaper. Um, you know, if you got to keep the boat in the water, you trim the engine all the way up out of the water, you know? mm-hmm. 
you know, so you know, you're not getting any drag or growth or anything on those on those engines. So if it's an inboard, you know, you get up in the bigger yachts, you know, then you're dealing with the soil and all that, and you, know, you can't flush those out. It just moves so much water. And you know, I, I get it. I'm an outboard guy personally. Some people really do want inboards, and there are pros. You don't have an engine hanging off the back of the boat. You get more space on a swim platform. With that being said, there are a few inboard boats that do get sold in the saltwater environment. It's just important to remember, just like, okay, you're going to flush your engine out every time you have 100-hour service. You need to factor that in, your manifolds, your risers. Is the, the, there are a few extra maintenance costs that are involved in an inboard boat in saltwater. You just need to account for that. And there's plenty of inboard boats being enjoyed on, on the intercoastal today. Absolutely. For me, the outboard, it is more of an outboard market, in, at least on the west coast of Florida. I know up north, you get to New England, you see a lot more inboard boats on salt water. Resale is something to consider as well. Might might be a little easier to find a buyer for your boat when it, when it does come time to sell. But, I mean, outboard technology has come such a long way, too, from the days of two-stroke engines, just flushing the engines, really the, the only preventative maintenance that you need to do and there's no more ear muffs and running your engine in your driveway at 10 o'clock at night and waking all your neighbors up or smoking out the neighborhood <laughs> so i mean technology increases so fast in the building industry but like we talked about before on that large horsepower outboard segment the outboard technology is really turning into more and more like a like a car-like experience is what i call it you're not mixing gas and oil. You turn the key. You maintain it every 100 hours. There's not going to be any surprises, knocking on wood, and you can just get out on water and, and start having fun and burning gas. That's what I have to say about that. Well, we actually have Noah Lucas tuned in again this week, and he asked a follow-up question. What do different pitch crops do? You can take that away. <laughs> so the pitch crop is going to determine... Think about how it rotates through the through the water, how much water it grabs, right? So I'm not the, the mechanical engineer on this, right? But um, the boat that you're going to get is already from Marine Max or from anybody from Yamaha Mercury. It's going to come with the right. It's going to come with the right. Problem, yeah. yeah, right. Now, if you start tweaking it, adding weight, and doing some things, you may have to change it around. Um, I'm not the prop guy. But, uh, there are prop guys, by the way. There are, oh, there's, there's <laughs> people that make a living just doing that, and I mean, they, they tweak them and bend them, and you know, they come from the factory with this, and they want to check it out. But you know, Mercury's got a whole even up there, a whole yeah. building that just does nothing except you know, four propellers, four props, and then they know what they're, they're doing. So I'm not going to get into the, the <laughs> tweaking part of it. So, but what is it though? So is it the larger the pitch, the larger the prop? So like a 19 pitch versus a 17 pitch. No, so it's the the blades, the blade width uh -huh. versus the curvature, thing, how far it would travel through in one revolution. Okay. And of course, different props are, you get these guys that really talk about prop testing. You might get a little bit more whole shot off of one prop, more economy off of another propeller. Three blades, four blades. A little bit more top end off of another propeller. And uh, then, of course, you have aluminum versus 
stainless props, which your stainless is going to be a little bit more expensive. They're going to last a long time. Aluminum props are that. You know, they do have a plus side, though, especially on the smaller boots that you're running in shallow water. With. Well, that and they're cheaper, too. So, yeah. I mean, if you, if you need a spare prop, you know, maybe you're going to the Keys, right? And you've got your nice stainless prop on there. If you take an aluminum with you, if you do hit something or you ding the prop or whatever, you know, at least you got a spare with you. You can swap it out. If you're down there, you don't have a spare, and you're on vacation, you're only there for that one week, and you don't have to you can't replace it yourself, then, you know, you might be waiting two, three days before something gets shipped down from Miami down to the Keys or whatever. That's like on the getaways and the trips, whether we're going to Bahamas, we're going to Keys and stuff like that. We want people to take a spares kit with them. Yeah. So you got extra colors, extra belts, all that stuff. You can always find a tech. You know, you get down there in the BBIs or you're in the Bahamas or Bimini or wherever, and something's happened. You know, you may not be able to get them kind of tools or the knowledge. Somebody around there is like, as long as you got the parts, you say, here, fix this for me. Yeah. You know, you be up and running. Yeah, and, and as you build more and more, hey, stuff happens. You're, you're going to, in some, some Aquila owners have really dialed this in. You get a feel for exactly what what's going to go first, right? So you're going to keep a list of spare parts and... Sometimes you need to leave if you're going to do those long trips. You learn as you go. You can become your own mechanic in a way, and actually all pretty simple. But to turn up with a little bit of know-how, a five-minute job, which can otherwise ruin a trip, it, it goes a long way. I mean, changing a propeller doesn't – it. you don't need to be a mechanic to do that either. You just got to have the tools. Yeah. But we got a lot of good questions coming off of YouTube here. We got Kevin B. Thanks for the shout-out. It's a good engine topic today. Appreciate your expertise and experience. We've got David Graham. I might have to get back to this question, but I do know it's a thing. What Yamaha engines have exhaust burn through? I've heard 150 horsepower to 250 years, 2000 through 2008. I have heard of that. It has been acknowledged. I don't know enough about that to answer what models it's been. Maybe you can, Keith. No idea. We're going to get back to you on that one, David. But I actually got a guy I can talk to. We have a Yamaha Master Tech Market at store. So Yamaha, looking through. And down here at the bottom, we'll, we'll get to your class. That's a really good topic that you and I can hit on. But we've got on YouTube, we've got Ratty Poopyak saying, speaking of props, what about the share of props? I've seen some videos and the savings on gas and additional power seems like a no-brainer. What are your thoughts? So I know the share guys really, really well. And they've got some really, really smart people working on that team. And I've done some broadcasting with them. It's uh, it's a cool idea. Check them out for sure. They're uh, ribbon propellers, right? You've seen them. And they do stuff for small boots, big boots. And, you know, they're talking about just like you're talking about. Yeah, the efficiency it costs quite a bit of money but it's definitely a step in, the, in another boating evolutionary direction but they are good guys i don't work for share or anything but what kind of prop is it share propeller so have you seen those propellers okay so they are you like this they're kind of funky let me show you a picture okay everybody wait, wait, wait. well no look at it so if you guys want to look them up Look at this. So they're, I call them a ribbon prop, right? 
They look like that. You see like this, right? Yep, yep. So I wish I could. They got a hole in the blade. They got a hole in the blade. And basically, I guess they're flesh dragging the water. They're going to push the boat a different way, especially I've heard you can have low RPMs. They're going to, like on JPO boats, they might jump it around a little bit more. And they're very efficient. You're not gaining a ton of speed, but you are gaining quite a bit of fuel efficiency, which, of course, same thing we've talked about on the hydrofoil on the Kilo 36. That increases your range. So right. check them out. They're pretty cool. They do big stuff, little stuff, and and I've done quite a bit of prop testing things as well. And they've got some freaking smart people working for them. They've got some real hot shot engineers on that team. So check them out. They'll be a bit. Then Thompson here. This is why you and I can bounce off each other a little bit because we've kind of gone into this in the past. What do you see as a future for hybrid power, which they do exist? But like we've talked about, the technology isn't quite there yet. So what are your thoughts on getting it's, away from gas and diesel? It's gonna happen. Yeah. Look at the cars, look at trucks, look at look at everything. I mean it's 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 coming. It's no doubt about it. We got a Nautic star at the store. Nautique. Nautique. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, the Nautique. <laughs> that's totally that's totally electric. Yeah, I saw that. Um you know, put the battery in it, you replace it's hundred thousand dollars. Really? Well, it's it's uh, basically almost like double the price, but it's really cool. I mean, I haven't, we haven't, I haven't run it yet, but but uh, Nick Hutchinson at our store, he's been to Nautique and he's run that boat, and it's just totally silent. It's just it's just really really cool, and it's it's a beautiful beautiful boat. How much horsepower is he putting out? Roughly? I, I don't I don't know what horsepower. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I know it's like it'll run. What they say like. Six, I don't know, six, seven hours or something like that if you're wake surfing and doing all that stuff. But if you're just like cruising around and stuff like that, you literally can run, I think, for days. Really? On charge, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, definitely exciting. That's yeah. I mean, it's if, you, if we've got it at the Raymax Clearwater store, you know, if you're interested in, in looking at that boat or checking up on the sales guys on that thing, the electric one. And I think it's 22 foot. I think so, yeah. You guys have to play yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We still got the mercury What I think is equally as cool, like we're talking about hybrid power, is like, yeah, we cool electric engines or hybrid engines, whatever. But a lot of these larger boots are running on generators. You're having a diesel generator or gas power your is your DC system. Well, you're, it depends. So a lot of things are the yeah, the generators all doing the AC stuff. Yeah, but a lot of boots are getting away from the generators yeah, now and going with inverters with the inverters, which are powering air conditioning systems. And yep. Not. Yep. So I mean, as batteries get better and better, and the lithium batteries and the technology. It's it's all up phase. It's all going that way. Yeah, you know they can make the batteries lighter eventually. Um, you, know, you know, it's there's no doubt about it. It's cool. Yeah, which is which is which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said though for when you when you put the throttles down on, on a few, you know, three V eights and you're you hear the sound. Yeah, that ever gets older, or, or when you're you got an L six and you hear the superchargers cooling up. Yeah, that then they'll be around for a long, long time. They're not going to totally 
So it looks like we got a few minutes left here. If we can put in some closing questions, Keith and I will get them. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Keith, is let's talk about tides for a minute. We're, I mean, we can do a whole episode on tides, what they mean for fishing, what they mean for navigation, where do they come from. But let's just kind of hit on right now here in the winter months, we're going to see lower tides. Mm-hmm. In the summer months, you're going to have higher tides, which, of course, is where a lot of danger comes in hurricanes when you start talking about a surge and stuff like that, and you're flooding. Right. The timing of the storm right, that yeah. comes in on a high tide versus a low tide. And you're going to have higher tides at some time of the month. You're going to have tides with wider range where you're at in the world. Your tides are going to be different. So let's just kind of talk about that, big tides versus small tides. Let's talk about what's going on right now. Where do they come from? Full moon and moon. Yeah. You know, you got the full moon or the new moon, so it works the same. So you're going to have the bigger swings. So you've got more gravitational pull. Um, up here at the store where Marie Max Clearwater is, you're the top end of Tampa Bay. So the full moon will really pull the water out, right? So you know, lower tides in the time. Yeah. Now, conjunction with that, with the full front, you got a north wind blowing. It'll actually blow the water out. So you got a hard ripping out going tide. You got a north wind on top of that. And the way Tampa Bay is situated, all that wind pushing the tide out, then there's a pinch point down by the Gandy Bridge. And so that water pushes through there. Then on the next incoming tide, as the water tides to come back in, that north wind is holding it back. So then you get the next big flush again. So then the tide goes out. So then that second tide drop, you can get really low. So, I mean, there's certain times of year, well, today's uh, tide's really low. Right? Are, are, you, are you landlocked there? There's, we can't bring a god in there or right. something like that right now. So, right. Um, so you got to plan accordingly. Maybe if your boat's on your lift at your house, and it, it, there's a lot of customers that are like this, so that yeah, on a really low tide, you got to get the boat off ahead of time. So if you're planning a fishing trip, and you're going to leave at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, the tide's high tonight. You better get the boat off the lift tonight, get it around, tie it around your dock. Otherwise, all your buddies show up and you're ready to roll and the boat's not coming off the lift. You're sitting there watching the tide try to come up. Um, tides for fishing, right? So your stronger tides, new moon, full moon, you're going to get the bigger flush, like real tides. If you're fishing out of the, the Skyway or Egmont Key, all the crabs come out in the summertime and all that stuff, that's on your big moons. Um, the tides are weaker, you know, when they're between those two periods. Yeah, absolutely. And the tides are also going to be different no matter where you're at in the world as well. So I, our tides are pretty moderate here in Florida. The, the closer you are to the equator, because of the gravitational pull of the moon, you're going to have less tide. You're going to have less water. I think here, what are we worth, like a couple of feet, maybe three yeah, feet of tide. Typically. You bump up to the Chesapeake, it's a little more. You bump up to New England, you're starting to deal with double-digit tides. Yeah. You start talking about places like Nova Scotia, Maine, you're dealing with some serious, serious tides, a lot of water moving. And, uh, yeah, and it also creates a navigational challenge, too. So we use Navionics. We talk about it all the time. When you're reading your chart, you're talking about mean low water, right? Mean low water. What does that mean exactly when you're talking about navigating? When hey, it says this on this chart it's five feet of water. Do I know if it's a high tide, low tide? What are we talking about here? 
So your mean low low water on your charts is averaged out of the average after over 19 years. So it's going to be pretty darn close to what's normal. So on your charts, all those numbers on there are the mean low low water numbers. So then if you've got a high tide, then you can add the extra to it. Or if you've got a negative tide, like we've got right now where the tide's really low, yeah. based off that zero line, then you're going to have to subtract those numbers off there. And remember, too, unless your transducers have got an offset set on them, you're reading your depth from the bottom of the hull. So you got this V-shaped hull on your boat and your transducers down here at the bottom of that. So it's pinging. It's, it's pulsing down to the ground. And then whatever that time differential is where it comes back up and comes back up at the bottom of the hull is the difference. So it knows the depth of the water. Now, if it's reading four and a half feet and you jump in the water, more likely it's going to be over your head. Yeah. Because you got to figure the couple of feet of water up to actually the water, the water line up there. So you got a little fudge factor built in there. But then, you know, just you also got to take into account if you got your top driver, your outboard all the way down, or your running gear underneath that. But um, but on your charts, all those numbers on there, your mean low, low water average out over 19 years. And that's based off of the zero line. If you know the tide chart, that you're going to have a line go across. And then anything up above, you can add that number to those values on your chart. If it's a negative tide, you're going to subtract that off of there. Well explained. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, ma'am. We have another question from Facebook, and uh, it's very popular today. This is from Joe Walsh the third. Do you recommend using a salt to be gone type product to flush out new outboard engines? I have never used it. Neither have I. But, but I've yeah. had I've heard really good things from Charter Captains on it. Yep, I do too. Yeah. People that use the Salt Away or whatever brand it is, um, yeah, people love it. You know. I mean, and anything else. And, and washing, yeah. washing your boat, too, with it, you know, or the spot-free stuff uh, that you can get so you don't have water spots on your on your boat and all that. But, yeah, anything you can do to, to help flush the system out and get rid of the salt, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely the biggest on an outboard engine, the biggest preventative maintenance item that you can handle on your own by just hooking up the hose. Let it run, drink beer, good to go. Get all that salt out of the engine block. But either way, it's uh, been a heck of a boating season here. Maybe not for us in the past week. We've been a little cold in Florida, so we've been cranking the heat. But it'll be 80 this week. Yeah, so four people had to turn the heat on this week. <laughs> and... Uh, Raul missed all that. He was down at BBI, so we never had to eat around. He flew south, and Raul, you know how he gets. He's like a, uh, he's like a migratory, migratory bird just chasing. He's that Polar out. Express yeah. coming, checking out. He's he later. But we, uh, we got a big month ahead of us. Can't wait to. On the other side of Miami, we tentatively are going to have an episode planned here. I'll wait on the official. For January, or I'm sorry, February 28th, last day of the month, just like this time. Might bring a guest on. If you have any suggestions for guests, drop them below. Going to get you all filled in on a Miami boat show. If I can get away from the Aquila booth, I'll go see what's cool, what's debuting, and, and what we can kind of talk about. And, and I'll give you guys the spark notes on that. But Miami, guys. So a couple weeks from now, if you think 
the backlog is big now on yes. ordering a boat or getting a boat. If you've been dealing with your sales professional and you're on the fence, you better get off and make your decision because there's going to, who knows? I mean, it's a manufacturer's show. They're bringing everything. There's going to be so many boats sold. And things are going to get pushed out. You better get your boat bought now. Make it, get a deposit, and and, and make up your mind and lock in your build spot, lock in your spot, because it's just going to do for the foreseeable future. I mean, it's just it's 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 out there, guys. So, I mean, I'm not in sales. I, I get to drive the boats on the delivery cabin. <laughs> You're I, I'm, I'm with people on their happiest day of their life. Yeah. They're just they're just taking delivery of their new boat. Nick's on the sales part of it. And you know, hundreds of other Marine Max employees are too. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if you want to get boat, you better get it ordered now. No, and let's talk about that for a minute because I get it. This year's a little bit different from last year in the sense of last year was hey, what's the lead time on a boat? Wow, that's crazy. Now everybody is getting it because you're dealing at your building house cabins are really and, and anything furniture wise, outdoor furniture, outdoor furniture. So a lot of more people are, are understanding that right now. But, okay, let's talk about let's use the baseline about six months after. Okay, I get it. That's a lot. But that's your worst case scenario because you can also bump up and deals fall apart. If you want to be voting by the summer, the lead time might be long now. But I can guarantee you with uh, not hundreds, thousands of boats that are sold at the Miami show, that lead time is going to be a little bit further. So whether you can... You can get on something before the show. Go ahead and do it. Yep. Call your, your sales pro up at the show. Go ahead and do it. And that is really going to set you up for the 2022 voting season. Get out on the water. Have fun. That's what it's all about. And uh, make some dreams come true, like Rebel said earlier. So um, any questions about that, give us a call. Of course, I think that there's upwards of 80 locations now in the country. And we can make that happen for you. That's my sales pitch. I'm sticking to it. And yeah, we'll see you here next month, right? Good luck in Miami. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I uh, got the two boat show jitters and, and excited for what's going down there. But you guys know you can see us live, Facebook, YouTube, just like you guys did. They great questions. And of course, you can download us on Spotify as well. Oh, Spotify, your favorite podcast. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music. Give us a download. Half of those streams are from me anyways. <laughs> um, Keith, it's been a pleasure, man. I'll see yep. you out on the water. and just... We'll see you guys out on the water. See you next month, February 28th, 3 p.m.